The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our DC. Yes. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com. We will uh, do the whole thing for you and make you the next big podcast star, if that happens to be part of your dreams. And speaking of dreams, I have a dream guest this morning. It's someone who I've known for a little bit. I've known her friends and her whole gang over at her company at 12 Points Wealth Management, and she's kind of the new boss in town, although not so new, I guess, anyways, Deb, right? Please welcome to the virtual studio, Deb Cardiser. Here she is. Yes, yes. Hello, Deb. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) My pleasure. How long has it been? That I've been at 12 Points? That's right. So I've been there since July of 19. So it's coming up on two years. And before that, I've had a 30-year career in the wealth management business at another firm. Right. Um, A veteran of the industry, of course. From the looks of you, you started when you were about four years old, I think. Right. Yes. Yes. You're very kind. You're very kind. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. You know, I've been podcasting for, you know, 30 years. But actually, see, that would be just a, a blatant lie because podcast didn't exist back then. So I can't get away with that. At any rate, we're going to talk today about what Deb does and how she helps people, particularly people in transition, kind of get their life organized and all that. But it's funny, you said you started in in 19. That must feel like a, a lifetime ago, given just the way things have occurred in our society, because you had one, one kind of normal year and then one Pretty not normal year, I would say. Is that what happened? Yeah, so it's just been, as my daughter likes to say, time has become irrelevant. Um, (laughs) Time can be 15 minutes or it can be an eternity, and it's the same time segment. You know, it's been all about, for everybody, about pivoting and changing how we deliver and do what we do and how we take care of our people. And it's been, it's just been a time of trying to think fast on our feet, trying to figure out how to reach our clients and figure out what people need most of all right now. Yeah, and I take it you can still follow the same kind of protections that you, you normally do. I remember when I was at Alliance Bernstein, I was pretty surprised to learn that there were scammers out there who would call our office and say, you know, I'm Mr. So-and-so, the client who, you know, haven't been in touch in a few years, but I just need you to wire me $10,000 to this account. And they would be phony people. It's, it's amazing the, the degree to which that happens. It is. And from email phishing scams to somebody who tries to call up, for me, I hear their voice in their words and I can see a scammed email with just a word that they would never have used. Oh. And so it comes to it comes down to doing what we're supposed to do, which is to check everything and to verify it and to call the numbers that we know and to never take just instructions from someone on the phone. But it's about hearing things and it's about knowing our client. And at a boutique firm like 12 Points, we're really intimately involved with our clients and understand them and would never, knock on wood, make those Mm. mistakes. 
I'm sure. I'm sure. And so how, when you, as we look forward now, do you see a day pretty soon where clients can come visit you in, in your office and, and not just virtually, or is that happening already to a degree or what's it like? It is happening already to a degree. Our office is open again and we have people in the office. We're staggering them. So everyone's not in at once, but we are having clients come in periodically. Usually it's masked and in our conference room. And there are some brave souls who are willing to come out and who do want to meet in person, particularly prospects. So we've done a lot with prospects lately and they do typically want to come in and see us face to face. You think that's important in your business for you to see your clients face-to-face and and to a degree your team face-to-face? I think it's important, especially in the beginning, to establish that trust, to know who you're working with, and to really pick up, up on the nuances of what it's like to be with them and work with them. I think for existing clients that we've known for years, it's easier to deliver what we do virtually right now. And, you know, we're all about high touch and making sure that our clients are really cared for. So it's different with each one. Now, here's the million dollar question. And that is that have have certain business habits, do you think changed permanently? And I'm talking about not only the work that you do, but also meetings and networking events and gala dinners and fundraisers and everything. Are there things that we just now realize eh, some stuff we could just do by zoom, we could just keep doing the zoom it is. I mean, there are things that we like about it, right? Like, you know, being in pajama pants or whatever, or not having to, you know, not having to travel and commute a potentially painful 90 minutes or whatever it is every day. What do you think? You know, I think as I'm hoping as a society that we're learning to be a little bit more deliberate with our time to see what do I really need to attend and what do I not need to attend or what is going to take me away from the things that I value and need to do most. So it's about prioritizing. And I think I'm hoping that we find that, you know, there's a lot that we can do over Zoom and save time in the car and save time in our schedules and our lives and be able to connect with people a lot more that way. And then being really deliberate with the things that we want to attend and do. I think everybody had a tendency before to just say yes to everything. Oh, I need to do that. Or I, I feel an obligation to attend this gala or support my friend's favorite charity and those kinds of things. So I think I'm hoping that it's, that we're more deliberate with our time and we prioritize things more based on our needs and wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. It is, it is when you're, whether you're an entrepreneur, you work for a firm or whatever business like yours, that it, it's important to keep in touch with, you know, not just clients, but, but people that are sources of business to you. And so you feel like, you know, people always say, well, you got to network, you got to market, you got to stay out there. And sometimes that means if you, you know, sort of get panicky about it, you don't turn down anything. And the fact of the matter is, you know, life's too short to have to worry about attending every last thing. So I'm with you. Well, and I think that, Yeah, I think that with networking and things like that, it's about being really focused and zeroed in on who are the people that are meaningful to you in your business? How do you expand that? And really taking on things that are meaningful and can get you traction moving forward and not necessarily trying to sort of bomb everything in the local vicinity. So I know that you have a a specialty or focus or call it what what you will actually we'll call it a focus i don't want to get in trouble with the compliance people anywhere along the line here (laughs) but but right i know lawyers have a problem with that too if you call them an expert like no don't call me an expert i'll get into disciplinary trouble at any rate you do have a fair amount of clients who 
are women in transition. And you correct me if I'm wrong, but the last time we spoke, Deb, I know that you like to help people who, women who are perhaps coming out of divorce or some life event that they kind of need reorganization. Tell me about that. So as I look back over 30 years worth of practice, I am taking a break from one firm to another. I was able to look back over my shoulder and think about who did my work mean the most to? Where did I make the most impact? And as I looked at my client base from my previous life, it was really the women who were on their own, who are either taking over their finances for the first time or had lost a parent or a partner or had come out of a divorce and really helping these people to gain their financial footing. And it usually, the process takes about a year to where they're getting comfortable and where they feel like they have their legs under them and can make really well-informed decisions. And it's getting them to that place. And it takes a while and it takes prioritizing, but more than anything else, it under, it's about understanding where they are in their lives and where they want to go. So those two pieces are really critical to help me to deliver to them in an efficient way. You would think that we would have come so far in society that there would not be this presumption among some that the man is the one who takes care of the finances. Historically, we know it simply was that way. I mean, you know, we go back to the Aussie and Harriet days and, you know, for better or for worse, or I guess maybe for worse that we made this stereotypical presumption, but man takes care of the money. Woman typically stays home. And then, you know, even if woman does a little work, well, still man is the one who takes care of the finances. Has Have things changed dramatically or you still see a lot of women who and, you know, I mean, just because a lot of them come to you doesn't mean it's it's the majority of people in our society. But are women getting more savvy with money than they used to be, I guess is the question. Well, I, I would say it a little differently. And mm. yes, to all of the things you just asked, but I, I see it a little bit differently. One, the demographics show that the older generations are definitely farther behind, I think, in terms of parity between men and women. As the generations go along and you get to millennials and younger generations, the women are definitely assuming much more of a 50-50 role with managing finances. I think it also comes down to division of labor within the partnership. And, you know, when you've got two working parents and you're trying to get things done, division of labor falls the way it, it does. But I think it's also about our industry realizing, oh, wow, we really need to change how we do what we do. And that's why we're seeing so many articles there about how financial advisors have not really missed the boat on women, but need to change their delivery and their thinking and their structure because women look at money differently than men. And that's a, a blanket statement, but all the research shows that women value money for different reasons than men. Mm -hmm. They all value money, but it's it's perceived more from a safety standpoint for women and more of a power standpoint for men. Now, that's a gross overgeneralization, but that's a framework from which we can start to look at how we do what we do for women. Interesting. I hadn't heard that, but I, I don't question it. The, you know, the, it's always a tricky thing in this day and age to try to delineate the differences in the way men and women are different, but we, we should not ignore that they exist, right? So my, it was funny, yesterday my, my girlfriend was telling me that she, her, she started asking her son about basketball, and her son, she soon realized her son could tick off the, champ, the NBA champions for the last, like, 20 years, even though the kid is only, you know, 14 years old. And she said, 
you know, why do you guys do that? Why do you care? Like, who, like you remember things. And I said, yeah, I used to be able to name like all the Super Bowl winners. And I said, I think girls sometimes care about different things than boys. And we're, we are to an extent wired differently. So, but it must, as a woman yourself, it must provide some comfort to a woman who perhaps never really looked at the books during the marriage and all of a sudden the marriage is over and now she must, right? And she needs someone to guide her along. Is that the dynamic where you step in? Absolutely. And you use the perfect word guide because that's what it is. For the way I look at servicing women is I want to make it feel to them like it's not going in for a root canal when you go see your financial advisor, that you're not sitting down in a place in an, in an area where you're completely overwhelmed by jargon, by performance numbers, by things that you, you, you understand intrinsically, but the nuances of the language and how things work is, is a bit overwhelming. So taking it to a level where it's, as I said before, it's really one step at a time, focusing on what's most important and what's most critical in their lives and really being that guide for them. And the reason why I do what I do for the people I do it for is because I was in their shoes for a long period of my life. And for about 10 years, my son needed some very intensive medical treatment. And as a part of this, I had to go learn to navigate the medical world. Well, I have no background in medicine. I barely passed biology. So <laughs> I had to go and learn this new nuanced professional field and figure out how to kick open doors to get my child what he needed and figure out who to bring in and then how to manage a team. And this wasn't what I wanted to do or how I wanted to, to live my life for these 10 years. But what I came away with was that I want to be for my clients what I needed for those 10 years. I want to be that guide for them. I don't need them to learn the whole financial world, but I want to bring them information so they can make informed choices, so they can get to their dreams and figure out what their dreams are, for goodness sakes. So many women don't have the time or the bandwidth to spend time dreaming. So really getting into those places in their lives, they tell me where they want to go. And then we fit the financial structure into their lives to help get them there. It sounds like you end up talking about a lot of things other than their money. Absolutely. It's about knowing who their critical relationships are, how people are important to them and why, who they want to take care of. For women, it's a lot about taking care of family and community. And it isn't, people love to use the word legacy in my industry. And to me, that as a human being, that word falls flat for me because I don't, I'm not interested in a legacy. I'm not interested in having my name carry on in some mumbo jumbo way that is meaningful to other people. It's really about taking care of my clan and my crew and the people that are most important to me. So making sure that I have my framework set up to do that. So the word legacy, I don't even use in my practice because to me, it doesn't mean anything. So it's about language <laughs> yep. too. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I think we've had enough of that word. I agree. It's kind of worn out. It's welcome. <laughs> it's funny. You said you, you don't want your clients coming in thinking like they're going to go to the dentist for a root canal. It's what I usually say about this podcast. And, you know, if it, it, when you're a guest on this podcast, I say, it, you know, at, at worst, it's like going to the dentist. Just sit back, relax. It'll all be over in about 20 minutes or so. And, um, yeah, there's the drill right there. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's, that's smaller. <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds even worse than 
than I, I thought it was going to sound. <laughs> that sound goes right into your brain. I can feel it in my teeth. Anyway, towards the uh, end of the show, we're up against the clock a little bit here, but we are towards the end going to play a round of good stuff where both Deb and I will recommend something good that uh, you should be consuming or paying attention to, perhaps something that might brighten your day or fulfill your soul. Who knows? That's coming up a little bit later in the show. Right now, I want to take just one minute to remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go. If you want your own podcast, you want to be the next big podcast star, you sure could, kids. We take care of all the details for you that you don't know about. We'll ship you out a quality USB microphone. We'll do the intro music, outro music. We'll arrange the meetings with your guests. The people you invite on your show will be amazed at the quality of the show that you put out. And then you've done a solid for people in your network. Podcasting is a great way to reach clients, potential clients, your whole gang, your whole posse. Go to pod617.com to get started. The Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. So before we get to good stuff... Tell people if, they, if they're sort of unsure as to whether or not they need a financial advisor and whether this is a good time, let's face it, this year, that well, this, the past 12 to 13 months or whatever is a, is a time when people had a lot of time to mull their personal situation. I mean, can they just give you a call and say, hey, should I be talking to you now? Or is there a right time to call you up? There's no right time to call. It's when it's needed, I think. And most people need us at some point in their life. We encourage people to call us when they have any issues or questions. If you're not sure you've done the right thing or you've got, you know, your finances in place, you should be working with somebody, whether it's us or somebody else in the industry. We can help you by referring people that we wouldn't normally serve or can't serve to other advisors and other places for them to get the service they need. But I think everyone can use us. And it's just a question of when you want to get involved and put your finances in order. And how can people get in touch with you and your team? So we are at www12 pointswealth.com all Wait, spelled out you spell out the 12 oh you see you anticipated my question okay. sorry go ahead yep, spell out the 12 and <laughs> yep. points is plural so 12pointswealth.com and i'm at deb at 12points.com excellent i recommend deb and her whole team heartily and they're not your typical wealth management firm they're not your typical financial advisors and i mean that in a good way the whole gang over there shout out to dave and manny and francesca and others i may have left out but um i know a lot of people on your team and they're truly down to earth which is a breath of fresh air in the sometimes stuffy world of finance absolutely fair to say okay very fair to say very fair to say cool all right, we promised a round of good stuff, so let's do it right oh, now. That's the good stuff. You've passed the audition, Deb. You have to dance at least a little bit to the intro to, to good stuff to be approved okay. as a guest. And Deb was, was doing a very uh, slight, perfectly acceptable chair dance. That's what we call it. I don't know. That's the way we dance now because we don't dance in public right. anymore. <laughs> right. Anyway, Deb, you've picked out something pretty cool that uh, you want to tell us about. So shoot. Yeah. So one thing financially, $10,200 
can be exempted for unemployment benefits from paying federal tax. So look that up, call your CPA or your local tax advisor if you want more info on that one. And mostly, I would love to have people support their local food banks. There's so many people in need. Open Table is the local Concord Food Bank and love to have people donate there or to their local town food bank or the Boston Food Bank. Really, I think people need this and we need to build our communities. And it's a way to connect with other people and to know that you're doing good in the world. Yeah, Open Table I've heard of in the past, and what they do is pretty cool to check it out and learn how you can be of help. You can go to opentable.org, and I think that's cool. I remember a couple times in the past, I think it was when I was at Lawyers Weekly, we used to take the whole crew for a day and go to the Greater Boston Food Bank, which is, I I take it, a similar kind of mission uh, as Open Table. But and, you know, they put you to work and it's it really there's nothing more sort of genuinely like solid and charitable than doing something that helps others get fed that need it. Right. I mean, it's pretty basic. So, yeah, it's pretty basic. And I think a lot of people have been I mean, even look at Texas, the whole state needed food. Um, It's just a really compelling thing that we need now more than ever. So. Absolutely. Good one. Opentable.org. And thank you for bringing that one up, Deb. So I, to, to apropos of nothing, I will recommend a documentary film that I just came upon last night. It's not new, but I bet you haven't seen it. It's from 2015 and it's about someone accused of a murder that perhaps he did not commit. It's called Dream Killer. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer here and Deb, you can watch and our listeners can listen to a little bit of the trailer. All right, 911. Uh-huh. You know the reporter at the Tribune that was murdered? I know what happened, and I know the murderer. Without warning, Ryan Ferguson strangled the victim to death. I'm not involved in this in any way. He had his foot on the victim's back, and he was pulling up on the belt. I didn't know what I'd done that night. If it was a memory or a dream. Hello, this is Brian, an inmate at the Boone County Jail. Oh my God, how you doing? As time went on, I realized I needed to become proactive. Some people say, oh my gosh, he's kind of gone around the bend. He'll never be okay until Ryan's out. One day, one person said, I have some information I'd like to share with you. 100%. That was not Ryan. All right. So you get a little bit of taste of for what it's about. You ever heard of this, Deb? No, I have. And it's recent that I've heard of it. So I don't know if something came out recently about this, but just in the last, I don't know, month, I've heard of that. I I haven't seen it, though. Yeah, maybe it's just I noticed it. It just kind of came up on my screen on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, it's, it's a free watch. And maybe they're just promoting it for some reason. But it's just it's it is one of these classic true crime stories. You heard the voice of the young man accused of the murder. His accuser is actually not accuser, I guess witness is all of a sudden woke up one day and realized he had been in like alcohol and drug induced blackout the night of the crime and started having dreams and according to him just decided that maybe he had done it. So so he goes to the police and implicates not only himself but this guy Ryan Ferguson, and it's and and then it's one of these very frustrating stories where 
at least from everything the viewer has to go on, it wasn't him. Like, it wasn't this guy. He wasn't even there. And But the wheels of justice turn, and he comes out on the wrong end, and so he gets imprisoned. You hear you heard the voice of his dad, which it's, it's a very endearing story of a dad who just won't give up because year, years go by and this kid's in jail. And then he, they eventually hire this attorney, Kathleen Zellner, who's a, a well-known lawyer who works sometimes on the wrongfully accused. And I, she looked really familiar. And I said, have I seen her in one of these other documentaries? Turns out she, she's one of the lawyers in the making of a murderer documentary series on Netflix. So she's become like a star on her own. Anyway, so I won't tell I mean, it's a documentary, so it's not like I, I can spoil it. But you can probably guess how it turns out. But it's a long very interesting road. So, Dream Killer on on Amazon Prime. One th- one thing, you know, I just say the name of the streaming service. I feel like a year ago we weren't talking about streaming services as much, but now it's <laughs> it's like, you know, if you're like me and you've almost come to the end screen of Netflix. Are you a Netflix person? Deb um, only recently before this, I didn't have time to watch much on TV or mm. anything else. So, but yeah, there's been time and there's uh, some good things to watch out there. I think it's amazing how fast we have adapted in this past year to, to do things completely differently. And it, it's kind of encouraging to me to think what we can do in the future. If we could do this as a society in a pandemic and, and keep our lives running, gosh, what could we do to like improve the world? Yeah, for sure. Doing things more efficiently, doing things with automated use. And, and yeah, my, my hope is that in the future, it'll be, you know, a good, we'll get the personal connection back that we crave because in one way we've learned how much we miss it. But on the other hand, we can do a lot of things quicker and more efficiently. And I worry for the, uh, the Brooks brothers of the world and the companies that produce suits, because I think for probably for both genders, we're kind of, we're tired of getting dressed up all the time. It's kind of nice not to have to, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, we are uh, up against the clock for sure here, Deb. I hope you had fun. Yes, this was great. Thank you so much, and really a pleasure to be a guest on your show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And it, it is 12pointswealth.com. Did I get that right? That's right. Okay. Yes. Spell out the 12, 12pointswealth.com. Get in touch with Deb and her team. Thank you for being a guest on the Boston Podcast. Thank you, all of you, for listening. If you like this podcast, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Go to pod617.com if you'd like your own show. And on behalf of Deb and her whole team over there, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Take